This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome, everybody. I'm joined by Dr. Robin Whitaker today for our new series called Building Trust-Based Partnerships. And through the series, we will be talking through what it takes to build the trust-based partnerships that lie at the heart of transformation. Dr. Whitaker is a collaboration convener, the founder of Kaleidoscope Lights, and the co-founder of African Voices Dialogue. Welcome, Dr. Robin. How are you today? Fine, thank you, Karen. But you can use just the Robin. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Now, Robin, before we begin, you've got a very distinguished background, and essentially you've done such great things in two very different fields that you've come from. Give us a little bit of insight into your background and what has brought you into doing the work that you do today. Thanks, Karen. So I started out my working life in the medical field. I was a family practitioner for 16 years, not necessarily so distinguished as just a sort of very particular set of skills and a very particular worldview or world that I worked within. And I had a practice which was part of a family medicine practice that practiced medicine in the old-fashioned way. So we had multiple generations of families. We would do house call. We had a practice which spanned a lot of different disciplines and it was an amazing period of my life. Um, I really enjoyed it. So I really enjoy human beings and people. So my enjoyment of being in practice was primarily around the relationships and the depth of relationships and the intimacy often that that kind of an environment provides. At the same time as that, I was very involved always in my children's schools. They were at public sector schools at that point, my two boys. And I always played a big role in their school life and was very involved in that space with a huge interest in understanding what happens in schools and how can the school community be engaged in the life of the school and contribute positively towards it and create environments for the children in those schools to thrive. So I sat on the school governing body for a decade or so and during that time gained a lot of insight into how our government sector education space works, obviously in a very functional school environment, but nevertheless very interesting insights. And about eight years ago in 2013, I wound up being invited to support the governing body foundation of South Africa by reviewing the draft policy on HIV and TB of the National Development Plan. They needed an opinion on on what that plan would mean because there was a lot of reference to schools and schools as sites of care. And when I read that uh, National Development Plan, it was this light of recognition that went off and this absolute sense of homecoming almost to my 18-year-old self where I just saw in black and white and in a public policy document, the kind of idealism 
which I now call visionary thinking that I think many of us have as young people. And my response was, this is the work that I want to do. And so after a little bit of finding the correct space, etc., my decision was to leave practice and to move into the space of the social sector. It was an incredibly exciting move, a huge amount of learning that happened. And my move was specifically into supporting education. And I worked for four and a half years with an organization that runs Partners for Possibility. It's now called Citizen Leaders Lab. And Partners for Possibility was a program that, that really brought multiple sectors and citizens from across the spectrum of society together in partnership to think and work on the issue of education at a very local level, so at a particular school. And I worked in that in the role of stakeholder engagement lead for four and a half years, an incredible period of time. So a big passion of mine now is creating awareness for our young people around the social sector. It is a rapidly growing and very important sector. So whether we think about social businesses or socially orientated businesses, or the social entrepreneurship space, it is probably one of the most rapidly growing sectors in terms of how business and how effective usage of resources is taking place across our globe. And yeah, then again, I made another change about two years ago, where within the space of Partners for Possibility, which is a very specific program, I had started doing more and more convening work and bringing together people from very disparate backgrounds and disparate spaces, but who were passionate and cared about similar issues, and who often were working on them in a fair amount of isolation. And I kept on encountering these people and these organizations that weren't aware of who else was doing what else. And so I wound up convening increasingly these conversations between these actors. And it became apparent to me that that was a huge passion point for me, was understanding what it takes to work in collaborative partnership, not for the sake of projects, but for the sake of feeling what the system needs and feeling that together and being able to be in the kind of partnerships and relationships that are flexible enough to respond to that need. So high trust partnerships with a high quality of relationship with real attention paid to the caliber of conversation, the caliber of reflection that different people, different organizations are able to participate in together in order to make profound change possible. I love um, that. And that's brought me to this point. I think that's fantastic and such deep work that you're involved in and just your description of really bringing about profound change and it's essentially what the world needs. So tell us a little bit more about trust-based partnerships. What is that exactly and how does that work towards bringing about profound change? So trust-based partnerships really are nothing new. In fact, they're very not new. They are as old as humanity is. And I think it is to think about what a trust-based partnership means is to think about the quality of the relationship. Trust-based partnership is partnership in which both or all parties are cognizant of the need to attend to relationship, to be transparent, to be able to be in conversation together, even when that conversation might be really hard, and to be willing to dedicate enough time, space, mental capacity and heart to spend time 
with your partners to understand, to reflect together. And I think that what's important also to mention is that quite possibly, certainly I believe that this is the case, but perhaps the most important part of trust-based partnerships is not so much what's happening between the partners as the level of self-awareness of the individual partners. Trust-based partnership really requires a willingness of each and every partner to really go inwards and understand what they think, believe, what their motivations are, what their intent, their near, their sense of who they are, why they are, and what they are doing is. And that somehow when we are able to do that for ourselves, that self-reflective capacity gives us courage and strength and enough desire for high integrity both in our actions and in the quality of our relationships within which those actions are happening to be able to spend the time ensuring that we are congruent with partners so that's a very long answer to a very short question i think it's so important and i think you obviously work with this from a very social aspect and i look at the conversations happening in organizations specifically and the struggle that we find ourselves in and trying to build trust and i think part of what you just said was just so important it takes time it takes effort it takes dedication to that practice of doing the things the reflect the reflections the conversations etc to to build up that trust it is it's not something that's easily earned. No, it's not. There's a little bit of both. So there's a little bit of the willingness to do the work that kind of is necessary from the outset. So a little bit of a willingness to extend trust at first, but there's a misconception that trust is a static thing. It's not a noun, actually, it's a verb. And I will acknowledge my use of Dave Ehrlichman's comment on that. So Dave Ehrlichman, if anybody is interested, writes incredibly beautifully on this topic as well. Trust is not a static, it's not like we earn trust and then we have it. It, it's not a destination, it's utterly, utterly a journey. And it, it's almost, I don't know if you've ever, thinking about sort of relational dynamics and the shape of relational dynamics, it's for me very much trust develops when we make a decision to walk along a pathway together and we don't rush on ahead of each other, we don't get completely absorbed also just in the single sort of eye-to-eye relationships are sitting opposite each other and getting lost in each other. But we actually spend enough time looking eye-to-eye and then facing forward and walking a journey together and really paying attention to our partners on that journey. And the trust is built and deepened over time and over the time that we are willing to walk together and to behave in integrity with one another then to go through the tough stuff and sometimes we actually disappoint each other but we don't allow that we allow that to become a building block for further trust rather than the throw in the towel let's give up to move ourselves away from that conception of trust as a finite thing that we arrive at i really prefer to talk about working towards trust i suppose it would be continuously working towards trust absolutely Absolutely. So Robin, tell me, what impact do trust-based partnerships have on society and how difficult is it to establish them? can imagine that there's not many of them around. I think we'd be surprised. So I think that there is something about a paradigm within which one operates that either facilitates these levels of trust or doesn't. Paradigms which are heavily outcomes-based, and I think most of the world does operate on these paradigms. So environments within which the outcome is 
what matters most you have to deliver or otherwise there are consequences and they're normally punitive consequences. Measurement that is very static in nature these kind of environments don't facilitate very easily the dropping deeper into the relational spaces. And yes, I think they are rare, but I think they're less rare perhaps than we we might imagine. I don't think that people who engage in trust-based partnerships, it is necessarily part of their need to publicize and trumpet and kind of show how great they are because they're in a trust-based partnership. So a lot of trust is built quite silently and very gently, and it's a lived and felt experience. I would imagine that you would find that many of those partnerships where there is a lot of very positive outcome, and what you are seeing is the very positive outcome, if you look deeply, you probably will find that there's some significant trust-based partnerships that underlie those. Sorry, I think I've gone a little off track. So just repeat the question again for me. No, I'm just, no problem. I'm just thinking, sorry, the question was what impact do trust-based partnerships have on society? But I'm enjoying your answer and we can step back to that because one of the things that as you were just saying, it's not, it either is there or it, it isn't. It's not really something that that is is brought into the light, so to say. We don't always shine a light on that, but we can see the effects of that. This was my question around that was, what is the feeling? How do we know when we have established trust versus in a relationship where there is a high amount of mistrust? So I believe a lot in embodied experience and in trusting the intelligence, not of our minds as much as our full embodied experience. And I think a lot of the problems with people who are going out to try and establish trust-based partnerships is that they wind up in their heads a lot. So there's a lot around what do you need to provide in order for me to trust you rather than how do I need to experience this relationship so that the space for trust naturally unfolds. And the simplest answer, I believe, around whether that you're in a trust-based partnership or not is how do you feel? How do you feel in a room with that partner? So there's a lot of talk about flow. We know a lot about either experienced it or we know a lot about flow, that feeling when time suspends and things just seem to move and there's an energy and a creativity and a generativity develops. And in partnerships where there is a high level of trust, that tends to be present. If one thinks of a friendship that you have and a friendship where when you're spending time with that person, the rest of the world seems to fade away. And it, you can spend five minutes with them and it can feel like five hours. Or you can spend five hours with them and it can feel like five minutes because time suspends. And what happens in that five minutes is almost unlinear. It's like you drop into a different level of connection and a different level of creativity. And so I think in trust-based partnerships, it's that feeling... You walk into a room with a partner that you trust and your anxiety drops, your sense of joy rises, your sense of safety rises. The creation of safe spaces is what allows for the generation of bravery and courage. And it takes courage to be creative. So you can really only become creative, innovative, tuned in 
when you're in a space where you feel safe and you're not having give a lot of attention to your fight and flight responses and keeping alert for what might be coming that uh, might be a threat, but you genuinely feel safe. I think that's so important and we're definitely seeing that at play with the keen focus on building psychological safety. And I'm so interested for us to go into part two of our recording, which is really opening the pathways for conversation, because I think that's one of the key ways that we can really go in and establish trust is through conversation and just opening up those channels for that. So thank you so much for joining us today and to, to share your huge wisdom with our listeners. And we are looking forward to our next session. Thank you, Robin. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you.